did you do it? How did you make this decision to leave? You know, I'm, I'm so in awe of what you're doing and just tell me more because I've been thinking about leaving for years. And I remember sitting there saying, oh my gosh. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. After 17 years in media and tech, Amy Young was experiencing burnout in career and life. It was then she realized she needed to, had to, step back and reevaluate. She began processing and rediscovering her brilliance, which led her to coaching and supporting others on their unique journey and to redefine what was possible for their future. Welcome, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you so much, Liz. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I... I know about you, but my audience may not know about you. And I'd like to just have you talk about, you know, media and tech. That's exciting. And, and what a career. And can you give us a little background about that? Sure. Yeah, I have to say, outside of a, a dalliance with wanting to be a marine biologist when I was young, television and media has always been a passion and a love of mine um, ever since I was 16 and my high school happened to have a production studio um, for a, a TV channel, a small cable network in the area. And I just felt, I took a course and I fell in love with it and thought, this is what I want to do with my life, you know, and majored in television in college and was lucky enough to get a job at CBS right after graduation a long time ago. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know, worked my way up, just kept learning, really was still just hungry and fascinated about the industry. Um, and then after I was at CBS for, gosh, probably about 50, almost 15 years, 14, 15 years, um, and felt a little stale, felt like, you know, I'd had three kids at that time, married, you know, the, the whole deal, and thought, okay, well, maybe it's just time for a change. You know, I had done different roles over the years, but always within the same company. And while I loved it, thought, you know, maybe it was time to, to take a jump. And so around that time, Google called and asked if I would come over to work with them in their global partnerships group, really helping them understand more about the traditional broadcast industry while building up their partnerships with television companies. And so I decided, you know, what the heck, I'll, I'll take the leap. If there's a company that you leave CBS for, it's, you know, it's Google. It, it made sense, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and went there and burned out. Um, if I'm honest, it was not, I think I knew very early on that it was a not great, not a great fit for me. The people were great. The perks are, you know, tremendous, like everything that you read about. Right. Uh, but for me, it was not a great fit. And after having, you know, these years of really processing and kind of looking back at my professional journey, I'm now able to see what it was about both me and the circumstances that didn't fit. But at the time, it just, it, I felt so much failure, but it brought me to the world of coaching, um, which I'm involved in today, um, and personal development that without having gone through that experience, I never would be at this beautiful place that I am today where I'm really reaching into the depths of who I am and getting to bring that out, not only in myself, but urging others to do the same thing. So it's been, I'm so grateful for the ride I've had. Um, I'm still learning, still taking a lot from it. Uh, but wow, I'm just, I'm blown away every day at what I've been able to do and now what I get to do on a daily basis. Oh my gosh. 
I'm full of questions for you, but no pun intended. Hindsight's 2020, right? Like we, uh, I can't believe I said that, but, but really when you're going through something, you're like, this is, I, we're beating ourselves up or we're going, why isn't this not working? It's the perfect thing. Um, and I've spoken to other women too before. It's like, it's almost like the um, devil wears Prada. Everyone wants this job. Why are you not fitting into this? What is wrong with you? And you ask yourself those things, right? I'm sure you had to ask yourself those things. So I wanted to talk with you about that. You realized um, what it was that, why it wasn't, you, you mentioned that. So what was that? Let's just touch on that a little bit because you knew right off the bat it wasn't a good fit. And But looking back, you understand the whole process. So maybe you can touch on that a little bit. Sure. So my first indication was deep down, I just had this gut feeling, you know, this, there's, this isn't right. This isn't right. There's something about this. Like, you know, I couldn't will myself to, you know, find pieces of the job interesting or to, to just push. I've always been, you know, we've talked about being type A and getting, you know, a lot done. And so I kind of fell into that default mode, but every day it just became harder and harder and harder. And all of the things and tips and tricks that I'd always used or found success in helping to motivate me just weren't working anymore. And so if I'm honest, looking back, I probably knew when I read the job description, (laughs) right? Like my, I remember my initial gut reaction was, I mean, it's Google. Awesome. But like, I don't know if I really want to do like the nuts and bolts of what they were saying the job was, you know, but then you talk to people and you talk to the hiring manager of the HR people and, you know, they sell and um, not that they want anybody to not be a good fit, but you get caught up in um, good good term caught up. Exactly. Exactly. And, And so And even as I said, those first months kind of knowing like, oh, I don't know if I really made the right decision here, but I'm just going to push. I'm just going to go. I'm smart. I know it. But listening to that gut feeling, you know, was something that I probably should have done early on and didn't start doing until it was a little accepting that until it was a little bit too late. And do you know what? That gut feeling never has led me wrong. But oh boy, oh boy, when I haven't listened to it, it's big. Mm -hmm. So it's something that we can all take just listening to that and saying, yeah, you know what I have, I can remember those times I didn't listen and developing that even just listening to our intuition. But um, what did you say? It all, it all, you got carried away with it. Like you got so caught up, right? Because it all looks really good. And so even everyone around us, our our loved ones, they care about us, but they, they want us to fit into this thing because that's what they see us doing and they think it's success and, and it's not, it's not equaling. So I'm sure that had to be really rough for you because you probably were like at odds within yourself. Um, on, oh, on Completely, completely. You know, I didn't realize until stepping away from my career, just how tied up my identity was with my title, with my salary. And, you know, I never would have considered myself someone to have a traditional, and I'm using air quotes for people that are listening to this, an ego, right? Like I don't think of myself or I never would have as someone who was more ego driven. But if you remove the judgment from the word ego, I think there are so many of us that when we say, when people ask us, what do you do? Right. You, you list your title, you know, you list those other hats that you wear. And so when you are stripped of those, whether by choice or not, it, 
you feel lost. And, and sometimes there's a lot of fear. There's just a lot of complicated emotions wrapped up in that. And so for me, there was a lot of shame in feeling like I wasn't hacking it. I wasn't cutting it. My performance reviews were not at the level that they had been my entire career. So it, I turned it into something about me, whereas oh. it wasn't about me. It was yeah. about the circumstances and the fit. And, but that's not the way it felt at the time. But also I, too, we, we get like what we want at 20 and 25 and 30 and 35 isn't what we want as we move on in life. And you have just, you probably met a crossroads. Like you were ready to do something else. And your, your intuition was telling you this isn't for you anymore. And that's a hard thing because you're right. Our identities are wrapped up in what we do. And it's, it, we're building, 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 working so hard. And it really is impressive to be able to say that, you know, I'm this, I do that. Right. Oh, totally. I mean, you go to dinner parties, right? And I've had the circumstance where before when I said, oh, I'm, you know, such and such title, people want to hear about it. People want to know what's it like to work there? Have you gone to the Grammys or the Super Bowl or, you know, whatever? Yeah. And then, you know, when you say you're a life coach, you're like, oh, and then there's like awkward silence, which now I know enough to know, oh, it's, it's them. It's, they don't understand it. It's their, it's my opportunity to enlighten them, you know, versus right. it being a, a reflection on me. It did take me a little while to get there. And that was part of the process, but I'm able to stand confidently now in that, which is brilliant. And I really wish that more people, you know, were able to do that and to separate and look beyond that. Um, you know, one of my favorite things that I tell people about when I finally was brave enough to make the decision to leave and start my coaching business was when I sent out my announcement at Google that I was leaving and what I was leaving to do, I had a number of people put time on my calendar and confidently pull me into a conference room or confidentially, excuse me, pull me into a conference room or a side and just say, how did you do it? How did you make this decision to leave? You know, I'm, I'm so in awe of what you're doing and just tell me more because I've been thinking about leaving for years. And I remember sitting there saying, oh my gosh, is everybody walking around here just unhappy that we put all these faces on and make it seem like you were all, you know, thriving and not just surviving? And that was my first clue that there were more people out there that needed what I had to offer or just coaches in general and could just really use a dose of reality and vulnerability. Um, and by no means was everybody at the company unhappy, but there were enough people that wanted to make a change. But again, we're so caught up in whether it was the stock awards or, you know, all of these things that just made sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. It makes sense. They couldn't even let themselves think that there could be another possibility out there for them that would mean more for them and more for their life. And they also have their home family circles, friends, and all of that that you went through where you had to say, oh, I, I gave that up. And then yeah. it's the, you what? Why would you do that? <laughs> oh, totally. I, I go through, I had, um, I called this um, my shooting all over myself phase, <laughs> S-H-O-U-L-D, Um because it's true, like I had all these check marks, you know, of, okay, I should be this at this point. My husband makes fun of me because my husband and I met when we were 18. And when we were talking about getting engaged, I was getting very impatient because I said, I need to be married by the time I'm 27. 
And for some reason, I just picked this arbitrary age, you know, but again, it's that, it's that box checking. It's that, okay, I should be here at this point in my life. I should be doing that at this point. And what you said earlier really resonated with me. The, this idea that we were allowed to have seasons in our life, right? Like the things that drove us, the things that we wanted, it's okay if we reach a point where we don't want these anymore. And I think you're exactly right that that is what I was going through at that time and just didn't realize it or didn't have the, any examples to listen to or learn from to know, oh, this is a thing that happens. Right. And I always say women, especially, we, we have to embrace a different approach at life. Sort of, I call it your thread where you just know really well what you do and what you bring. And of course, the skills and things that you've won at, but you have to continue to weave that because Things come up and you want to show up for your kids. You want to show up. Parents are sick. You want to show up for yourself. And right now it's such a problem in the workforce, right? Because women are, are, you know, they don't get the, the promotions because they're considered, you know, if they take one small leave for like a child or something, they don't continue to get promotions. Well, I, I honestly think that this is the time now where we can start really embracing that women are pretty much a force and it's just how we work is different, right? Yes, completely. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a company that I advise and the whole premise behind it is it's a company called Sway Workplace. And it's all about this idea that the future of work is about flexibility and choice. It is about the concept of work as a lifestyle. And not only has COVID-19 kind of thrust everyone into that because many of us are now you know, working from home, but women really are on the forefront of harnessing their voices to move us forward so that we can have a more fulfilled, well-rounded life because many of us, many of the women that I speak with and work with, we want to work. We want to use our brains. We want to have that be part of our identity, but we don't want it to be all of our identity, right? We want to do multiple things and why not? Why can't we? Why should we? We do it every day. Right? Like we do it every day. Board leaders and members, right? Because we have to have, we've got so many tabs open in our brains to keep track of. That's just the way that we operate. And the thing is, is that the the workforce and the corporate corporations and, you know, God bless them. They're great. We, we, you know, they've been built on a whole structure that worked for men. And I'm not a man hater, but I'm just saying it worked for men. It's very linear, very focused. And that works. And that's a great, and if you want to get into that world, you have to sort of take on that sort of thinking. Whereas I'm, I'm hoping that we, just like you said, we really embrace this this more flexible um, way of, of, of working and being able to show up and do all those things, but at the same time, not have to give up on, on raising our children, like being there at that soccer practice or what have you, you know, soccer game, those things. And I hear so many high powered, badass women say, I gave that up because I couldn't be at my son's soccer game or I couldn't, I, I've met so many women like that who are shifting and asking like, what's next, Right just like you. And I'm sure you, you get them. I'm sure that's in your coaching. So you have honestly, no, no, nothing is a waste of, of learning. And you've learned all of this and you are doing some pretty amazing, you know, things in your career. And you've left that you had the strength and the courage, bravo to you to do that. And then build this other thing to show other women that there is a life beyond 
the identity that we we put into what it is we're doing. And I, I just think our girls, our young girls, we need to teach them differently, like that that this is who you are. It's always with you. Even when you're a six-year-old lady, it's still going to be with you. So whatever work you're doing is secondary. Yes. Yes. Whereas we were putting it first, right? Like, this is what I do. And it was it, it was the phases in life, too, because women haven't been in the workforce saturated for as long as, you know, as men. Men have been doing it forever. Their way works. It works for them, right? So I love that the box tickers, first of all, you have three children, and you had all this career and three children. So no doubt you're able to really juggle and keep things going. And, um, and I know because I ran a, a company and, and had kids, and, but I did that because... I felt like if I ran my company, I could, I could work in the middle of the night and still be there for things. And so that's why I did it. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about the box tickers. And why is it that we do that? Why is it that we feel like we have to do all these things um, to fit into, like you got, you got caught up, to fit into this, what is that? Are we putting that on each other as women? Are we putting, is our culture doing that? What do you think, Amy? What I, I want to know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so I think it's very culture-driven, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, I think we have just assumed and accepted as truth so many of the rules that, whether it's media and the media we consume or what we, you know, what we read, what our parents tell us is truth, what they model for us. So often we take the examples that we see and we internalize those and accept them as truth. And so, you know, I grew up in a household with, um, with a father that worked full time, a mother that, you know, worked on and off. Um, it was very important to her to, to raise her children and to be there. But I also saw that she wanted more. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it was very hard for her to feel that internal struggle of wanting more. And so I, I, internalize that very early on to say, oh, well, I'm always going to have a job. It's not just going to be about my kids. I want my own career. I'm going to make my own money. I'm going to be independent. I I wrote that as my script. Mm -hmm. And so consciously, I had to break away from that over time because it was so deeply rooted that it would not allow me to make a decision that ultimately was better for my family, which was to take a step back and build my own thing and write my own ticket so that I could do things like be there for the games if I wanted to be. Right. 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 Yeah. That is so, so incredible. That, that is just really very profound and, and clear. You have such clarity and, and really brave, like I said before, to do that um, and to step back because I think those people walking around at whatever corporation, Google or what have you, they, they are feeling that and they're asking you, how'd you do it? Because they want the same thing. They just don't know how to, yeah. to do it. And, and it, it really does take stepping over that, that line that we've drawn for ourselves into that unknown, right? Mm-hmm. What did you call it? The shooting all over myself? Yes. That's the messy middle. Like, I, you know, when you're transitioning out and into something else, you don't have it all down. Like, you don't know for sure that the, the prize is going to be at the other side of the bridge. You just have to have some faith. Like, okay. I, I've done all these things. I know I can do something meaningful and that is more aligned with me. Yes. And by the way, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember 
I had a young woman when I was at CBS, I had just had my third child and she was thinking about having her first. And she came into my office and said, Amy, how do you do it every day? Like, how do you make this work? How do you, you, you have it all together. And I looked at her and I said, if I'm giving you the impression that I have it all together, then I am doing you such a disservice. I am so sorry. What you didn't see is when I was crying in the stall of the bathroom at like 10 a.m. this morning because I wasn't sure how the heck I was going to make it all work today. They said, we, you know, we have to sometimes, you know, put on this face to present, but it is hard and we make it work. And, but I think the more that women, to your point about us, really harnessing our voices and this being our time, right? Let's share more of these stories. Let's talk more about this. Let's get into that uncomfort and be willing to sit in it enough to find those threads so that you can figure out how to move forward and have a vibrant life because we all deserve that. And we deserve our daughters and our nieces and, you know, godchildren, whoever it is, to see that, to see us living that way. That is the ultimate thing that we can model for them. I just, what you were just saying too, we ultimately, and I think the timing is right. I think 10 years ago, we couldn't have been talking about this. We still had to be in that flow of the corporate world and, and the way the linear, well, things aren't linear anymore. And certainly after 2020, we were really learning what's important. And we're thinking, hey, life is pretty sweet, even in the simplest form. And I still want to show up and, and do what I do so well. But I want to do it in a way where I can still live my life. And I think a lot of people are saying that right now. And so this sway, tell me a little bit more about that sway. So sway is like, is it is it like the gig? Is it freelancing? What is it? No. So it, it's actually, it, it's it's so wonderful. It's a startup. Um, the founder lives in my town and I was introduced to her mm-hmm. and she had a moment like I did, like so many other women did who said, there must be a better way. There must be a better way to do this. And you know, she started really learning about the history of work, right? And how it was the industrial revolution that drove the current educational system that drove the fact that we all go to offices and, you know, we turn out things and that's how this schedule started to work. And like many of us have to do, started asking why. Why does it have to be that way, right? And questioning those messages that we've been given and accepted as truth. Um, and so the company was built on the premise that, no, the future of work, we are going through a revolution. And the future of work is based on choice. It is based on flexibility. But there has to be a culture of trust established. You have to trust your employees and trust your employer um, to be able to work in a flexible environment. And so the company, I'm building coaching programs for Sway Workplace to equip people with the mindsets and corporations with the mindsets to create the structure so that there is that choice and trust. Oh, that is so exciting. Yeah, that is so exciting. I mean, that is something that I so want for uh, the workforce going forward, because, you know, because of COVID, women are stepping back, leaving the workforce. There's a real concern that all this progress made um, in, you know, women in the workforce and women careers and all that, that it's all being lost. And I, I don't think so. I think that we're going to plug it in in a different sort of way. We're going to be made to and that there is going to have to be trust because all of this really great um, IP, like intellectual, you know, knowledge and 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 work they're going to need to trust and and say look i understand you need to be a little bit more flexible we'll work with you that way 
It's yeah, just we are too important to the economy. We are Absolutely. too important to the economy to yeah. sit back. We've proven that. The, the data shows that you know diversity in all ways, shapes, and form benefits at every single level. So yeah, we have we have too much leverage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I think is so beautiful is that, you know, I've always told my daughter, okay, work, 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 and get every, like, fill up your, your shelves with all your skills, and then turn around and start leveraging those. And that's how you kind of get to, like, you get to a place where you know, hey, I, ha- I know my value, and I know what I can, can do, and how I can work this into my life. I think that is the key to, to as a woman, to, to think, but we're not teaching our kids that. We're not teaching our daughters that, that, that we you and I were taught just go into the workforce and boy, oh boy, for me, went back when I stopped and, and was starting my own company, but I didn't, I didn't, I stopped to raise my daughter. It was so unpopular to do that because everyone had worked so hard to get into these places and there hadn't been enough women in the workforce. So that being said, going forward, how do you work? I mean, give me some, a little bit of like how you work with women they're at this place and they're probably not leaving yet, but they're preparing to, or tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I love to say that I work with women on the cusp, Yeah, you know, um, that is just, I love what I do. And so my company redefined possibility, um, creates both group coaching programs and works one-on-one mm-hmm. with women who are on the cusp of figuring out either what it is they want to do, making that leap fundamentally changing their mindset and their life so that they have more awareness and clarity of how they want to live their next years. Yes. So whether that is doing a full life audit over six months with a client where we look at every phase of their life and we rate every phase and then figure out with an act, create an action plan for how they want to get to a higher level than where mm-hmm. they are now um, to working with women who just sometimes reach out and say, I want to do something different, but I don't know what I want to do, Mm -hmm. right? And we start kind of peeling back the layers of the limiting beliefs and the assumptions of why they couldn't do Like We get back to that, like, there is something in there, to your point of talking about our gut earlier, right? Like, there are things in there that you know you've just gotten so good at suppressing them and pushing them down. Right. That it's time to start learning how to open that back up and listen and get that genie back out of the bottle again. And so to see women become excited about their lives again, it it is just the the ultimate feeling, the absolute ultimate feeling. And so ultimately that is my goal and my mission is to help women know themselves so much better and so well that they're able to make decisions much more quickly, that when they're 80 and they're sitting, thinking back about their life, they're not wondering what if, they're not asking themselves those questions, they are thrilled with what they've built and the life that they have. Again, not easy, but so fulfilling. fulfilling. I I think it's like a muscle too. The better we get at being flexible and embracing this flexible approach at life and realizing work is secondary. Me, who I am is first as far as what I'm doing, whether it's whether it's taking a step back a little bit to show up for other things in life. It doesn't mean, it doesn't define me. You know what I mean? That, that's the, I think the key is that people, women have to realize what defines them and you help them to do that. You peel it back and help them to re, re uh, assess and, and, and get to know themselves again. And I think that's key. So can I ask you this? Um, I would, I would assume that women, you, the women you get are in their thirties and forties, right? 
Mostly, yes. Yeah, because I think that's the phase that that really is sort of like, what am I doing all this for? This isn't matching because we get to that place. We get through our, our 20s are hard, right? You work really, really hard. And then you get into your 30s and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing the thing. And then you're like, wait a minute. I can't tell you how many, I think, women go through that. Men too. What, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, so I think it's great because it gives them a chance to, to pivot and change and grow and learn these skills early on because there'll be other things as, as, as they age um, and get in further in life, you get into your fifties and good luck trying to keep uh, a corporate job. That's just, if you're a woman, good luck getting, getting paid. So be smart and be ahead of it and, and really build something for yourself before that happens. I can't tell you how many women I've worked with who, who go, gosh, I, I have all of these, things behind me that I've done and, and somehow I can't seem to get employed. Well, I always say well, it's because you're not supposed to be employed. You're supposed to be doing something else, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead yeah, of, I, I often say that the two best things that I did for myself were one, I hired a coach, gosh, probably 15 years ago. Um, and that was my first kind of exposure to coaching. Um, yeah. And it was so valuable for me. And the second was I try to go to a personal development conference once or twice a year, right? I give myself that gift of whether it's a retreat, whatever that looks like, conscious time to step away from your environment, from your daily environment Mm -hmm. to think, to rest and to think and to check in with yourself. Because without doing that, that's when we start chasing the external validation. That's when we start saying, oh, when I get this next promotion, when I get this next raise, when we get this house, when I'm driving this type of car, then I'll be, whether Mm -hmm. it's happy, successful, whatever that is, no, no, right? There's always going to be something else. There's always going to be something next. And as many of us have seen with COVID, that can be taken away from us in a moment's notice. Yes. In a moment's notice. So knowing ourselves and standing confidently in what our gifts are and who we are is the ultimate gift because that's how you pivot. That's how you're going to be able to figure out what that next thing is. Yeah. And, and I say, let's just get used to it early because we're all, I guess, change is being lobbed at us at an at alarmingly bit larger rate. And so let's just get good at it. And just say, okay, all right, so that's not working. Like, oh, I can't get a job because I'm 53 and there's no one hiring me. And I, I have a Harvard, you know, blah, blah, blah. but the thing is, 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 okay, so you're trying to, to run on a script that's outdated. You need to move it over here. You have all these valuable skills. They're not utilizing it. Let, step aside. Let someone else take that space and you get into this new thing. So I honestly don't see it as a negative. I see it as, a, okay. Just be ready because there's going to be changes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The better we get at it and stop and take that assessment like you're saying. And coaches are so good for that. They really help us with those tools of, well, I'm going to step back and peel it down to X, Y, and Z. And then I can start building again. I love coaches because coaches are not your parents or your friends or your sister. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's just they're going to tell you how it is, and they're not going to tell you the answer. You have to find it. Mm-hmm. Whereas our family members and friends will run right in and give us the answers, right? Because <laughs> they know. Yeah. They- I, I, have, I have sessions where I barely talk, right? Because people don't – how often do you have someone in your life 
that is there to just listen. Listen without waiting for the response, right? Like to your point, like our parents, our sisters, our our spouses, sometimes like they already think they have the answer and all they're doing is waiting for us to stop talking so that they can say it. They're not actually listening. So coaches holding that space for people, I, I hold that so sacred because we often don't have that gift of just the space to process and talk out loud mm-hmm. to get out of our heads because often as coaches, we are there to not only push you if you need to be pushed, but to help you see that forest through the trees because you're so in it. Usually you're so wrapped up in your head thinking, especially women, we talked about the tabs being open, right? You're thinking about it from all different angles. So to have someone that can listen to not only what you're saying, but sometimes even more importantly, what you're not saying Mm-hmm. And to be able to push you to hear and see what's really going on for yourself so that you can come to that unique conclusion that resonates for you, not for anyone else, but for you. Um, so to be able to do that in a non-judgmental environment is, is such a huge gift. Um, and I wish that more people took advantage um, you know, of coaches because those that do, they really are able to take it to another level. Well, that's why I'm here because I really, really want, I want, I want, and I've had coffee with friends and said, I need a, they say, you know, my daughter is having trouble transitioning from high school to college and with COVID and everything. It's a real, because usually kids that are in university have gone over and above and worked super hard. And then all of a sudden there's nothing. And, and so they say, I need a coach. And, and I've said so many, I've just had so many friends say to me, I need a coach. How do I find a coach? So I feel like this is something that can really be of use to a lot of women. Coaches are necessary. I've used them. I've, I work with coaches um, myself. And I think that uh, a lot of the thought process is, oh, that's, a, that's expensive or it's, it's, it's just extra fluff. It's not. It's basically helping you get through the steps and get you over to the other side and really seeing clearly. And like you said, how nice to have someone listen to you that is truly just invested in and your growth. Yes. And it's not that our, our loved ones and family and all that don't, but they all have their own things going on in their head. And, and they also have their um, definition of who we are on the outside. So, um, and we might be working on something on the inside that they're not seeing. So coaches are the best. And I think that, that, and I know that we have to, to really start looking to them for this more unlinear world that we're entering. And, going and finding that coach weekly or bi-monthly or even the groups that you're talking about helps to ground us and keep us on that path. So I want you to tell me about your Full Bucket Life. What is that? Yeah, so Full Bucket Life is a community that I've started. Um, Mm -hmm. It's on Facebook. I also mention it on my Instagram feed and on LinkedIn. It's this idea that we own our lives. Say your life is a bucket, right? You get to choose what you put into it on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. You get to choose how full your bucket is. You get to choose if it's not as full this week. But it's the idea that we can go into every day, week, and month consciously choosing what we put in our buckets, whether it's actions, emotions, feelings. It is our choice. And so there's this exercise that I often walk people through, and and I learned it from a wonderful coach myself, you know, about, it's actually a physical, it's a worksheet with a physical, physical bucket on it. And you say, okay, what's filling my bucket right now? 
Mm-hmm. But what do I want to fill my bucket? And so often that's where the magic happens is when you ask people, okay, but what is it that you, when you imagine your most, if I wave my magic wand and, and imagine your most beautiful, wonderful life, mm-hmm. what is it that is in your bucket? And then taking a look at the differences between the two and understanding what it would mean for you to live and operate in that environment on a daily basis, that fires people up so much that they see, okay, now I need a plan to get there. Like this is possible. Yeah. Let's figure out then how to get there. And so the community is just all about not only the tips and tools from me on how to get there, this is one of the things I love about group programs and communities, right? Is you are the product of the people you spend the most time with. So putting yourself in a community of people who are like-minded and who want to live out their best lives, mm-hmm. what's more inspiring than that? You know, it's one thing to listen to me, but why not listen to another person who maybe is two steps ahead of you that's mm-hmm. been in your circumstance and can offer some feedback. So it really is also the magic in that community environment that I just value so much. And so it's really, you know, a movement and a community built by me, but hopefully for, you know, for those women who are on the cusp who really want to dedicate themselves to living a better life. And when you see other people who have gotten to the other side, they're saying, yeah, this is what I did and how it happened. And then it doesn't seem so impossible to. And, and so, again, re, re, using a coach isn't something that is a, um, an extra, you know, exorbitant thing it's necessary and then getting into communities such as as yours the full bucket life that kind of thing is is really important so that we can really it it, those are two things that are just essential and and we as women sometimes put that on the back burner thinking i'll get to it i'll get to it i've got so many things going on right now and i'm miserable but i'm going to keep going just take a moment and and consider those things and you have something coming up as well amy a workshop yeah tell me about that Yeah, so this is a workshop that is inspired by Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. Um, I know a lot of women who are big fans of that book, as am I. Um, And it's starting in probably about the second week in February. Um, I don't have an official launch date yet, but it's definitely that first or second week in February. Mm -hmm. The premise of this workshop is to help tear down all of those limiting beliefs, all of those assumptions. We talked about the messages that we get from culture, right? It is this idea of burning down those walls, burning down those messages and breaking out of your identity box so that you can start writing your own memos, writing your own scripts Mm -hmm. of who you are and what you want to be. Um, Glennon has this great analogy in her book about, you know, this cheetah that was born and raised in captivity and it was taught, her name is Tabitha, and it was taught to chase this pink bunny, you know, and all of the people watching the cheetah would, you know, ooh and ah, you know, whenever it chased. But then Glennon saw it kind of off in its own habit, in the habitat, stalking the fence perimeter, looking off into the wild. And she saw it just take on this persona, knowing deep down that there was something else out there, that she wasn't just meant to chase pink bunnies. And I just think it's a perfect analogy for the way that often, you know, women assume roles and are raised in society to look a certain way, to act a certain way. And again, we put all of those messages on ourselves. Well, let's burn that down, right? Mm -hmm. Let's become aware of what those messages are so that we can break free from them and start building our powerful lives. And so it's a three month 
group program. I'm actually finishing the first round of it with my beta group right now, and it's been tremendous. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's launching in early February. And over the course of three months from live group discussion and uh, bi-weekly worksheets that I send based on the readings, we talk about what those messages are and we get deep and sometimes uncomfortable and we cheer each other on um, to have the courage to break free and and live those lives. Oh, that is so exciting. And so just right on point for now. And, and I'm very excited for you and I'm sure you're going to have great success with that workshop. Um, And in the show notes, I will make sure that redefinepossibility.com that's yes. Amy's website, but also just if you get a chance, go to the show notes and, and look at uh, the website and, and the different social media handles and you and your group is the Facebook group. You have a yes. Facebook group. Yeah. So I'll have all that in the, in the show notes so that anyone who listening can go and take a look. And Amy, this has been so great. And I'm just a big cheerleader for you. I hope that you have great success in what you're doing because I'm fully and completely behind you and everything that you are saying. And um, I'm very hopeful. I'm hopeful that that we can, one by one, each of us, um, influence this new workforce and how we might be able to have women see their value and, and in their life as well as in what they do. So thank you again. Thank you. And thank you for providing this platform for us. Thank My you. pleasure. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest's social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy, are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.